Again, it's like it's welcome to the protectors. Amy Dares here, but hey, we were just talking about like retirement, and like both of us working for the government, whether military, fed, or anything, having that like chain of command. Mm-hmm. And you know, the chain of command for me was like thirty years in like September, and for oh. you it was like twenty something years, right? That's isn't it weird long. not? Isn't it weird not having that anymore? It is. And you know, you you don't think it's going to be. And I think a lot of people, when you're getting out, you have a very different anticipation for what it's going to be like and like having control of your life and your schedule again. It's just all sounds so wonderful and miraculous. And then when you're in it, you have those moments of like, well, what do I do with myself now? It's (laughs) like, it's almost decision lock. It's like, there's too many options, too many possibilities. And so, you know, finding that new battle rhythm is it, it's a little challenging it's fun don't get me wrong it, but it is a little challenging i can see how people hiccup trying to transition out it's so weird not having a boss yeah. like, any boss it's like uh, i have a toddler so i uh, okay. still have a boss but it, <laughs> it, the, the demands are totally different it's mm-hmm. usually you know turn on this cartoon or get me a snack and those are relatively easy to handle Oh man, you know, I was thinking about that this morning. I'm like the focus, the focus, the focus, focus. You want to do so much because you think you're like, man, I don't have a lot of time left, but then you really, you know, you really do have a lot of time left. You just, every, every day now seems like it's a lot different than every day when you're 20, when you first (laughs) join, you know, (laughs) it does. And I, I completely sympathize with that sentiment of, I think it's you put everything to the side for so long that as soon as you can do the things that you're passionate about and you want to do, you want to do it all and you want to do it all immediately and you want to do it to the best of your ability and you just want to crush it and finding out that one, that's not a good idea. And two kind of prioritizing and seeing where things rack and stack with, you know, how you want to, live the rest of your life you know how you want to pursue those dreams is always interesting it's very individualized Ugh, it's weird it's it just I, I love it though you know i love it i love and i see a lot more creativity when you get away from that like flagpole oh yeah when you well, don't have the restraints well you know when you're in there when you're doing it you could take notes and you're thinking oh this would be great scene this would be great this but there's no limitations now there's absolutely no limitations mm-hmm it's uh, let your imagination fly. So the limitations really are, are yours, yours to set. whatever your left and right lateral limits are, that is yours to set. The schedule's yours. Um, and I think that's where I'm extremely fortunate. You know, it's like, I love being an author. I love being a writer, but being indie, I am not beholden to somebody else's timeline. And I mean, that was a difficult decision to get to because the, you know, my ego really wanted me to pursue traditional publishing because I knew I could do it. But at the same time, I had to make that priority call because I was back in school. I have my kids as like, how many bosses do I want? How many other timelines do I want to be beholden to? And so I had to make some tough calls. And truth be told, I'm very happy that I did. There's in the little thing in the back of my head that's still kind of going, oh man, shoulda, woulda, coulda. But in the grand scheme of things, it's, better for me overall 
indie's great and you could always break out of it mm-hmm. nothing that's another there's another zero limitation zero sum game right there it's just like you can mm-hmm. you know you get your get your foothold in with the you know you have the shadow series mm-hmm. three great books out there yeah four coming on friday i know <laughs> i saw that now, the fourth book so i mean you've been writing consistently when did you first start I was still active duty when I started. So um, I started fiddling around with the idea well before I actually got momentum going for my first book. Um, That was while I was on deployment in like 2015, 2016. And then my first book actually got published in 2019. So, I mean, there's, there was a gap in time, but then, you know, I didn't know what I didn't know. I had a lot to learn. I had manuscript to polish. I had to get an agent. I had to get an editor. And then I did initially pursue traditional publishing. So, and that takes forever unless you're very, very fortunate. Um, And I made the decision to go indie on my final deployment in the military. And that was, we talked about it before, but that was because everybody around me Nobody was carrying stacks of books. Everybody was, you know, using devices. They were using mm-hmm. a Kindle, a Nook, you know, the apps on their phones. I was like, well, why, why not just go ahead and do this myself? And I could be published right now and I could be getting out to my audience right now. And, you know, at the time it sounded like, well, this is a great idea. Why don't I run with this? You know, 2020 hindsight, I would have done things a little bit differently, but I'm I'm very happy with the way things have worked out. I'm happy being indie. I'm happy um, with the direction my, my writing has taken. Um, and I love the fact that it's my call. It's, you know, the, mm-hmm. the content, the cover, the, you know, whenever I get into a, you know, philosophical debate with, you know, my editor or my manager, you know, it is still my call. You know, I trust them. I take their word for it, but at the end of the day, it's me. So I enjoy that. I enjoy that, that level of control and that flexibility to create and build things that I want. I like that once you, and I've noticed this a lot with the, uh, a lot of the mainstream authors and stuff like that is once they get one book out, they have to have another book out within six months. It doesn't matter if you're creative, you're not or whatever. And you've seen a lot of people when I get that pressure, will jump into different means. And we all know it's going on. I mean, we all know that it's going on that you may not have that creative juice. You may need extra help, extra mm-hmm. help as in ghostwriters. And there's so many people out there that are in that they get in this conundrum. They don't have their say and they have to produce and they have to produce and they have that over their head where, Hey, you know what? I have to get good copy out in six months. And then I immediately need to be on to the next one. And, you know, some people really thrive under that, you know, that, mm-hmm. that kind of that pressure, that push that really kind of just gets, gets them going. But for other people, you know, that could be, you know, extremely problematic. It could be stressful. It could hinder what they want to do. Um, so it, it little, it, it, it's give and take. I mean, with you're traditionally published, you do have kind of that, that, that wasta it kind of opens up doors for you you have that kind of backing that gives you more access and maybe even some more you know a little edge in the marketing world but you know it's still predominantly on you so at the end of the day it all comes down to the author and on the business side of writing that is that is everything the author is everything so regardless of whether or not you have you know some imprint on your book you know it's a major publishing house or a small publisher or if you're indie 
it comes down to how much you're willing to put into it. So that levels the playing field to a certain extent. Um, but at the same time, that puts even more onus on the author, mm -hmm. more pressure on the author to get out there and make it happen. Being creative is probably the best part of it because it's like a mental thing too. It's like if you get into the mainstream publishing market, I still think I mean, you can be very creative. I know mm -hmm. we both know some authors that are just absolutely incredible mm -hmm. and they're super creative and they're they're going and going and going. The other thing too is like when we first started the conversation, we were talking about having that that government overreach, that that boss, uh -huh. that that wake up in the morning, you have to check your email, you know, yep. your phone ringing, the text, the this and that. That's the other thing that comes with mainstream is like you have that that new general over you, that yep. new commander, <laughs> that new GS whatever unit chief over you, and you're like, oh my gosh, do I need this crap right now? I just want to take three days with the family or three days to get away. I want to go to Vegas for SHOT Show and shoot guns, or I want to do this and that and not have to worry about promoting. Exactly. But coming when from the indie route too is promotion. And we both have Eric Eric Bishop's probably got the best promotion scheme down for being an indie author. He, he's a beast. <laughs> and you're getting into it. I've noticed that with this book, you are really getting into the countdown for the book. Uh, we'll get some galley copies out there. You know, you're always welcome on the show. You're always welcome on everybody's show to talk about it because in the indie world, you are pretty much, and you know, this actually goes for mainstream too. Mm -hmm. You really do have to promote. You do. You have to market. And it's a give and take. So you, it's up to you again, you know, it's a business. So how do you mm -hmm. want to run your business? Now for me, I'm in an extremely fortunate position that not a lot of authors find themselves in where I am not pursuing this as my moneymaker. This is not going to be my next career. It's who I am. It's what I do. It's something I love. So that not having it be, I need the paycheck or I need the accolades frees me up to play with things like different kinds of promotions, you know, timelines. Mm -hmm. um, it also allows me to do things like create a fourth book when I didn't anticipate originally having a fourth book in the series. L. Anderson wasn't done with me. So I, I made a fourth book and there's going to be a fifth book. And it, having the ability to just reach out to my manager and go, hey, so I kind of have another book in the series. What you think? He's like, let's do it. And I'm like, this works out fantastic. Um, it, it, well, you know, going, you do have a female protagonist, which is great. I and, love we, and, you know, and with your background, a lot of people, if you don't know, Amy has been on a show a ton of times. I think he'd been on a, like once or twice as an author, but a ton of times as a co-host when we talk to authors, because you and I are both picking our brains, mm -hmm. whatever they are. But, you know, your background is pretty intense, you know, with the IC into Intel community. What was your first, was your first specialty Intel? Intel? Yeah. Okay. I, I came in as intelligence, um, which that, that was a fun story, like going to the recruiter's office and trying to pick, you know, what my, my rate was going to be there. Give me just a list is a list with like one paragraph. It's like, Hey, pick the job and <laughs> pick, pick your life. Yeah. And it was like, I'm looking through and I reach intelligence specialist. I'm like, well, this sounds interesting. Can you tell me more about it? And they're like, no, we don't know what that is. Like, thanks guys. <laughs> Sounds good. And yeah. This is, this is fantastic. And I was like, well, I guess, you know, this sounds interesting. So I'll go that route. Um, I'm glad I did. It ended up being perfect for me. Um, but then about, uh, what was now, it? Were you human, SIGINT, crypto? I, I was all source. And then in 2006, I became a humanter. So okay. counterintelligence and human intelligence. I was the first woman to go through the Marines uh, 
CI HEMIT course. And that was quite eye-opening because when I showed up for class, I really thought I was there to be an analyst in support of human intelligence operations, had zero clue that, no, 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 you're being trained to do human intelligence mm -hmm. operations. So I'm looking at like, they're, they're, you know, interrogation, source operations, and I'm like, oh, things just got real. And like, started, like started <laughs> taking notes faster. I'm like, I, completely blindsided by it, but it was, it was fantastic. It, it was like, I, I threw myself into it and it became, it, it became my life. I was like, that was, that was my community. I is to the point where I was, I wouldn't say ignoring, but that's actually fairly accurate. I was ignoring all the kind of tried and true. This is how you make rank str uh, strategies of the Navy mm -hmm. where the Navy's like, you got to go to a ship if you're going to make rank. And I was like giving them the finger and saying, no, I'm going to do my job. And if I don't make rank, so be it. Strangely enough, still made rank. Um, and became a subject matter expert in my community. And then it got to the point where I realized I needed to have more behind my collar to really have an emphasis, you know, really impact to the community. So that's when I joined the dark side and became a warrant officer. Um, which, where, and nobody great. could find you for there yeah, on, yeah. from that and, day and forward, nobody like, could find you. <laughs> perfect per clandestine operator. Then mm -hmm. I, nobody ever saw me again. He never knew where I was, but no, oh, and if, for everybody out there who's a civilian, if you're a warrant officer, the <laughs> big joke is like, where, where's chief? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> and nobody could find, and nobody like, yeah, it's just funny. It's the funniest thing in the world. Still, I mean, it's been a year since I've been retired now. And I still, every time somebody comes across a warrant officer joke, they send it to me. <laughs> <So> it's, <laughs> oh, it's going to be that the rest of your life. And, and they're fantastic. I love them. But, you know, the truth be told, you know, I got more done as a warrant than I could have ever done as a chief, which, which, you know, chief in the Navy mm -hmm. is a, it's a big deal. Like that, that is the rank that gets things done. Um, but as a warrant, it let me open that aperture even more. I can then write policy. I could get into the meetings that things needed to happen. You know, we, we changed trajectories. We, you know, we really kind of, you know, broke away from status quo and made things move forward in a way they probably should have been a long time ago, but I found it very rewarding. It was everything to me. And so saying goodbye to that was really difficult, but it was the right room for me and my family. And since then I've been able to use a lot of kind of that experience and expertise to help other people with details in their manuscripts or, you know, well, you know, you're bringing up, you, you mentioned one of my favorite words now is like aperture. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because I'm doing the, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a fledgling amateur photographer, but you know, you open up the aperture, aperture, and you're not only doing books, but you went, you're in film school now. I am, and now that, that is that was cool. a perfect gateway too, because mm -hmm. <laughs> that's how it started. Like I, somebody reached out to me who's a screenwriter, also happened to be Navy, and asked for me to provide subject matter expertise on a, a script they were developing for a TV show. Um, and it was so much fun. It was a blast. And it ended up working out that they let me sit in and participate with the pitches that they were doing to the, the TV studios. And so that was an incredible experience. It really kind of just whet my appetite to want to do more in that world, to create more in that world. And I was fortunate enough to get shortlisted to be in the writer's room on a couple of TV shows, but I couldn't get past the studio because I don't have the technical background. I don't have mm -hmm. the, the resume that shows that I could handle myself in a writer, writer's room. 
I know I could, oh, you, but yeah, I, I yeah. can't say I blame them. <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay, but, 21 years, human. Um, yeah, okay, let's let's talk about that. But I kind of <laughs> understand where they're coming from, so I went back to school. I was, I'm going to remedy that. My resume is going to have that technical foundation that they're looking for to give them the warm fuzzy. Once I get into the writer's room, I know I'm going to be able to hold my own, mm-hmm. but I just got to get past the studio. So that's what I'm doing now. And let me tell you what, film school is... It's a blast. It is definitely different. It is, it is different. Um, and then anytime you do anything art related, you know, regardless of what the, uh, the medium is, there is a certain level of subjectivity. So it is always interesting to me to see the professor's take on things. So when we're, mm-hmm. we're doing an assignment that is very kind of creatively based, how are they going to grade that? And then they give you rubrics. So you can kind of see how everything's going to lay out but the feedback's always interesting and i think that helps prepare you even more for going into a world like hollywood where everything is very subject uh to uh the moment to the bias Mm -hmm. the emotion um it's it's one of those you're right time or not and then there's nothing you can do about it you can have the most brilliant idea or show in the world but if it's not the right timing it's dead so that's it's been really cool to see the the inner workings on how all that goes and to learn new, new, new tools for the tool bag. Like, well, I think that's perfect too, is if you're writing a lot of uh, so much stuff gets picked up for screenplays now mm-hmm. and there's not enough content. And, you know, it seems like so much is the same story regurgitated in a different way. It is. Well, you know, in all fairness, you know, the, you know, Joseph Campbell, hero's journey. I was like that, that's kind of the basis for all stories. So if you really want to get into it, they all kind of are the same structurally wise, but mm-hmm. um, I, I, I tell you what was a really smart show was that lioness show. Have you watched that yet? I, it's on my, it's on my to watch list. Oh, you need to start watching it right now. You know, female protagonists. Yep. Uh, very smart. Very, um, whoever their technical advisor was, was spot on with a lot of stuff. I mean, you know, it's, it's Hollywood, but it's, it was emotional. It was spot on. It was like very like, at first I was like, Oh, come on. What are we going to watch here? And then you're like, Oh, okay. You got some I'm picking up incredibly high caliber actors in that. Not to mention uh, the writers, the same guy who does Yellowstone. So oh, I, mean, I know he, he, he mm-hmm. he, that guy's a beast. I don't know how he writes an entire season of a show by himself, but bravo, sir. Mm-hmm. Bravo. Lots of caffeine. It probably no sleep. I'm but. not going to say anything else. Come on, you know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's where I'm hoping to go next. So, you know, I'm still going to, I'm going to write because I enjoy it. Um, you know, book four and then book five will probably be a little bit further down the line, but I'm writing a novella. It's going to be a standalone. It's going to come out sometime next year. Um, I, I love novellas. I think they're great. I think it's nice to get a story out because you know what it reminds me of is graphic novels. And, you know, someone who's Ooh, like a comic yes. geek from when I was a kid, like, you know, when you got the, like, okay, so it was what, 65 cents when I got comic books because I was in the 80s. And- <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you might be dating yourself. I'm saying I'm dating myself now. I'm like, <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, I have like, I still have like 5,000 comics, but you know, 65 cents. But when you got that graphic novel and that sucker was like 450 and it mm-hmm. was like, when they put together a graphic novel, you were like, wow. It and was it's the same, so it was cool. like such a cool, like, cause it's standalone most of the time. And that's the same thing with a novella. You can get in there and you could get a good story. 
Yep. And you can still get vested in the characters and everything, but it just, it's almost like, you know, it, it's like a, it's really cool. I love them. Well, that's, a, that's actually how it came to be is like, I had a storyline that popped into my head while I was writing a new game. So book four, but it didn't fit for my story. It didn't fit for my characters. It just wasn't the right direction, but I liked it too much to get rid of it. So I, put it off to the side and decided that, you know, I would do this as a standalone. And actually Josh Hood helped me out a lot with kind of getting the creative juices going. Cause I had the concept, but I couldn't figure out what direction to go with it. And mm -hmm. he kind of just gave me a little nudge that sent me into the direction I'm in now. And, you know, so now I have the novella that's, you know, chugging along pretty well. And then I actually use that as the foundation for the screenplay that I'm writing for film school. So I have, I have a full outline for a movie right now. And well, one, as a pantser, that was a big deal. Like I outlining anything is just voodoo magic to me. So the fact that I'm writing outlines, bravo. Uh -huh. film school. Um, but then to be able to say, I have an outline for a feature film. And then, you know, it, that all just kind of came from that one idea as I was writing a novel and that just didn't quite fit in the novel but I could play with in other mediums. And so that's what I did with it. And that I love having that ability, that flexibility to just kind of run the direction I want to go. Now, you know, talking about direction, let's talk about, hold on, I gotta, <clears throat> gotta get my voice in here. Let's do this. A new game, a killer is on a loose, one with nothing to lose. An assassin is killing cartel members with lethal precision. Each crime scene leaves more questions than answers. And no one in law enforcement or the intelligence communities has any leads except for one man navy seal turned cia operative julian saunders he knows they're hunting for a ghost someone the u.s government declared dead joined by an elite covert operations team julian heads in new orleans searching for the only person capable of taking the cartel head on l anderson <laughs> <laughs> But as the body count rises and the brutality of the kills becomes more intense, he questions whether the woman they knew still exists or if by pursuing her, they're signing their own death warrants. There it is. A new game you coming out this week. Such a future in voiceovers. This is awesome. <laughs> Although the, the little eyebrow raise right there towards oh, the beginning yeah, yeah. sold it so much. I mean, I hope people see that on the video because that was... <laughs> Yeah, I try to get that rock eyebrow raise. It, it worked. You got it. You got it. <laughs> okay, I can get my regular podcast voice back. <laughs> now, I'm really excited for this one. What's the release date on this? On Friday, so 27 October 2023. Oh, and I like how you're still using that. 27 October 2023. You, you're you out of the military, Emma. I'm super excited for this book. Everybody, where can we find it? That's one of the other things. Is it going to be on Amazon too? It is. It is. So uh, it'll be available paperback and um, Kindle on Amazon right now. I will eventually do the audiobook. And then for anybody who wants a signed copy of the paperback from me, you can get it off my website. And it's going to be amadare.com. And the only thing there is I get my author copies after customers get their copies. So it might take me a minute to get my copy. So if you order one signed from me, just give me a little bit of time to actually get my hands on them. I will post the second I do and I will get them in the mail immediately thereafter. So just bear oh, with Hold me. on. Your website is Alpha Mike Alpha Delta <laughs> so Alpha funny. India Romeo dot Charlie Oscar Mike. 
Oh, there what, you go. Wait, 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 wait. What were you just saying about being out of the military? Uh-huh. Well, I'm looking <laughs> on your site right now. It says coming 27 October. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Emma, well, I appreciate you coming on the show, and I, I'm looking forward to you co-hosting again soon. I would love it. I love every time you bring me on. I love chatting with people, and I love chatting with you.